Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yes! Gexies, welcome, friends! Friends to all Gelfling, friends to all of Thra. Talk 8 and 9. Here, talk unification, resistance, and death! Yes! Dark Crystal 8 and 9, start now! You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Sorry, I have no idea what that was. Welcome to the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance episodes 8 and 9. Oh my goodness, we are so close, so close to the end. So close that I can taste the essence. I don't know about you, Angelica, but uh, this was not easy to stop after 8 and 9. I was just like, I want to keep watching. I need to keep watching, but I had to stop. Uh, yeah, I had to hold myself back. Yeah. The final episode started, and I was like, no, 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 and I had to click out, but I really wanted to keep watching it. really wanted to keep watching it. And uh, for those watching, first of all, hi, I'm Christian Blatt. Over there is Angelica Trey. Uh, Rachel Goodman has gone back to Thra. Well, actually, that sounds like she's dead. Wow, so, yeah, that's yeah, uh, she's, uh, Yeah, she's on a very secret mission uh, that, you know, if we have a season two, maybe she'll tell us more about it. We miss her. We do miss her, but uh, we can dream fast when she gets back and find out all about this magic land called Portland. So... This, uh, there was a, a lot that happened here, and what we want to let everybody know is right now we're watching and talking about episodes eight and nine, and then Angelica and I are going to spend an hour. We're going to watch episode 10, and then at 3 p.m. Pacific, yes, that's 6 Eastern, you can watch us live on YouTube talking about episode 10, and we'll look back on the series as a whole. So we're going to get it all done today. So uh, we uh, we tried to get it done over the course of the first weekend, but uh, long weekends, it's crazy. So uh, even on Thra, there's, uh, there's no laboring on Labor Day. So we'll break down our characters kind of as we've done before in the last few episodes. So it, you should have watched both 8 and 9 to watch this conversation. If you've only watched 8, we're definitely going to ruin uh, episode 9 for you. So don't. Don't let us do it. You enjoy it for yourselves. But before we start diving into the characters, I hadn't watched in a couple of days. I hadn't watched any since, I think, Thursday night. And so when I started, I'm like, oh, right, I forgot just how bad everything was in terms of, like, how dire the circumstances were. Yeah, everything's escalated pretty hard. Yeah. And every, the stakes are very high right now, and they're just getting worse. They're getting so much worse. <laughs> and it was just like, well, I don't, I don't see any way out of this. I guess, uh, I guess that's it. Because, look, we're not going to talk too much about the movie, but uh, Angelica and I both have seen the movie. So there's certain things that you can assume will happen at some point. Now, will they happen in this season of the show? Because I would assume not. Because they're probably expecting, like, you know, I, I mean, many trine of seasons, I, I think, is what they're, they're hoping for. But I, I, I'm hopeful that at least this story can end reasonably well. There, there were a few close calls in, in these episodes, people that I thought were done for. Uh, and then, you know, one of them actually was. So we'll talk about, we'll talk about all of that. As we go through, but let's talk about. We should start off with with our main Gelfling. We should talk about Rion because uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of just you know he gets he's very lucky 
He's made the right friends is really what it is. You yeah, know? Rion, Rion's got, like you said, he's gotten pretty lucky along the way. And I definitely think, I don't know if he's our main Gelfling, so to speak, but he's definitely yeah. following the hero's journey. He's definitely the hero, but, and I don't dislike it. He's just not my favorite. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it, because the hero's journey is a little played out, I think, for us. So we want to see different things. You True. know, that's why we love... Um, you know, Brea's storyline. That's why we love Deet's storyline. That's why we love Hup so much. Yeah, Hup is my hero, just for whatever it's worth. He's definitely my hero. I would like to follow his journey in, in future uh, seasons. And yeah, so thankfully that uh, Deet is there because, you know, uh, pun intended, she is definitely uh, the wings beneath his wind. Thank you. The what? The wings beneath his wind. Oh my gosh, what? I hate this. I, well, just because I flipped the phrase. Come on, somebody in the chat's going to not hate that. No, they probably. I thought you it. were going to make like a like a dirty deets joke or something like. Oh, dirty deets. Done dirt cheap. <laughs> dirty deet. Or like she done details, you know. Yeah, just yeah, providing many deets mm-hmm. uh, for Rian, and I I think that if it just. It helps immeasurably that where they needed to go was somewhere she was very familiar with and that she can fly because, you know, he's just like, well, I guess we're walking for three days. And and, and she's like, no, let's not do that. You know? Yeah. So I, I let's talk about kind of the, the pair because uh, Rian and Deet uh, really are always, at least at this point in the series, they're really hand in hand, literally at one point. Uh, so... I think that the you know their mission is clearly essential to the the survival of the Gelflings and uh, of course for the survival of Thrall because if the darkening spreads it's not really going to matter you know who's right. there because uh, even even the Skeksis aren't uh, taking into consideration that the darkening would impact them at some point you know I know how are the Skeksis not aware of this they're just completely turning a blind eye here to the darkening and how there's an eventuality to this you know but sustainability come on guys they're just so high on essence like <sighs> they're just not thinking straight you I know? know all they can do is talk about essence 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 i know makes sense but come on skexies you know better well apparently only a couple of them know better because most of them are just ready to uh to go to go with the throw the to go with the flow and so the flow of essence and the essence (laughs) is flowing uh very freely in this episode yeah. yeah Some surprising essence, too. So I think that uh, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this. these two episodes in particular, the arc. You know, so they, they go to the caves and, of course, Dita runs into her brother, who's adorable, by the way. Yeah, little Bobbin. He's so cute. I know. He's the cutest. But then he turns a little scary. A little scary. But then he comes back around, you know. Kind but, of. Yeah, but there's like, yeah. There's the, definitely a creep factor after that. Total creep. Yeah, total creep factor. Yeah. Like, you're never going to, like, I don't trust your, him. I would never. I would never. I would always keep one eye open open around Bobbin, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what the alliance is with the Ascendancy. So uh, tell me what you thought about, you know, just going on on this this very specific journey with them as we get to the penultimate episode, episode nine. Um, I mean, I think like it's pretty much got everything we want. Like the stakes are building here. The tension is super high. We're seeing some really cool, like just side characters coming in. We're seeing like epic journeys, um, a little sad about Hup, you know, sort of 
taking a step back a bit. I, I wish he wasn't marginalized. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, okay, now I miss him. He was a major character, but it's okay. Um, I'll just uh, be sad and, and cry about it. But the cool thing is now we have some awesome, like, new kind of, like, weapons and things involved yeah. in here. And we're actually seeing some combat, which is amazing. You know, I, uh, I spent some time this weekend looking for good HUP memes to try and use. And uh, the beginning of the weekend, there weren't a lot of them because most people, you know, didn't start watching until Friday. Yeah. Then, thankfully, uh, there there were some by yesterday. So I was able to uh, just tweet out just because I just wanted to see him in action. I wasn't, you know, it was a long weekend. My kids were home from school. I wasn't going to get to, you know, this is this is a this is on the short list of uh, Henson properties that I would never watch in front of my children. Uh, as cute as some of the characters are yeah you know so i was just i just needed a little a little hup fix so uh i was glad to see him in these episodes but barely yeah. uh i did like some of the back and forth uh between uh rian and deet and you know as we've talked about in recent episodes it's kind of getting a mira who vibe from rian you know there's a couple of like almost Almost uh, some gelfling on gelfling uh, smooching, oh. and there's uh, so the, the, you're just a very tender like let me help you up and all that, and then just you know her talking about all the nicknames they have for the the above ground dwellers, and then you know just sort of a uh, a very uh, a very male response to like it'll be fine when you meet my family, and he's like what. Yeah, I got to meet the parents. Yeah, no, they're definitely pushing a little bit of that like shipping yeah. agenda here, which is good because I I think that they're very cute together. Uh, and, they are, and you know, I I think that as long as they can work together, that's the important thing. Yeah. Don't get too distracted making making kissy faces. I guess my usual thing here is like I'm not a huge fan of of like the love story or like romances being thrown into these like action stories a lot of times because you're part Vulcan, pretty much. Yeah, um, but I I guess. I, I do like that they're such they're both Gelfling but they're from such different clans so yeah. we've got the warrior clan we've got Rion and then we've got Deet who's very like um, empathetic and yeah. compassionate and so I do kind of like that balance um, and it makes me overcome my distaste for <laughs> <laughs> random love stories sometimes especially here yeah, no, 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 especially here. Uh, and we can feel for, you know, Deet sort of getting to her home, seeing it destroyed and seeing her family kind of, uh, you know, under the control of the uh, of the of the spitters, the ascendancy. And I, I look, I thought that it was just interesting because it they didn't make a big deal about it, but. Did they have? Did she have two dads in the earlier episode, and I just didn't remember it because she's. It's like oh, fathers, and I was like oh, hey, okay, I didn't remember that at all. I thought it was a. Bl- I don't know. Like I thought it was yeah. just a paternal. Maybe that's what it is. But I was just thing. like, okay, that's cool, and like you know, don't make a big deal about it. Just be like, yeah, this is just normal. And I thought it was fun yeah. that I was like, oh, she's got two dads, and and then little Bobbin's like fathers, you know. So uh, I thought that that was like a cool little nod to the modern modern world. The the uh, Thra, where unfortunately in our Thra, the darkening is probably spread too far and we can't stop it. But, you know, let's have fun while we still can and watch some Netflix. But uh, I, I thought it was it was cool to build up, you know, obviously the different clans and all the characters that we saw. But I, I really felt like it kind of reestablished Deet's family and just her, you know, her inclusion. And then just, you know, Rion being a, an important part of that family for her. Yeah. So uh, let us know what you think uh, in the chat. Uh, another big part of these episodes is the dynamic between Brea, Celadon, and Tavra. And I would say for the first time, 
I found myself feeling bad for Celadon, but she did do it to herself. I felt bad for her. It's tough. It's like a complex relationship that I have with Celadon because I constantly find myself angry with her. Like, she's one of the few characters that I was like, I just want her to, to get her hopes dashed because she's... Not in, like, an evil way, but rather, like, she's built up such a, um, not like an, uh, I don't know, such an oppositional, like, nature in this show. And just kind of, like, ignoring everything that's going on and and turning her back here on her family and, and her entire, like, species that I was very frustrated with this character. But I did feel bad. I did, and then yeah. by the end of like episode eight, I didn't feel bad because she was like finger pointing still. <laughs> yeah, like in the moment. So you know the the just she's like she goes there. She's like on the Almadra. I'm going to broker peace. You know, very condescending to Agra when she want, warns her about yeah. it, and just like you know what, I can uh, let me get this done. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to go ahead and get the piece that my mother should have asked for. You have to have some like real, uh, like uh, what's the word I want? Just real gall to stand yeah. up to Agra like that because yeah. everyone knows, like everyone's afraid of Agra. Like how are you going to do that? Yeah. Come and on, and she on. she's all knowing, and I you're know. like. I know better than a know-it-all. She's what? literally got a third eye. How are you going to mess with someone <laughs> She's got with eyes a third to spare. eye? How are you going to question <laughs> yeah. someone that can literally see into the cosmos and you're like, no, you're wrong. And so the fact that when she goes and approaches the Skeksis and you know tries to broker this peace, the fact that everything she asks for, they say mm, no. You know, yeah. very condescending, just like, no, I don't think so. And they go so far as to be like, oh, but we are draining your essence. And it's because it's so delicious. And the one Gelfling who takes her crown is like, look, I I rule over the dead. And uh, then, you know, they are very violent to her. They're, they, uh, you know, I actually thought that they were like mauling her and would have like killed her or something. Yeah, that's what I was worried about, too. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah. that's no way to take the essence. Yeah, it's like you, you can't just eat them. You have to like actually like drink it. It was very aggressive. I was just thinking, I'm like. Look, I know that they're savage and and they're I've clearly show no mercy as as was pointed and I, out many times. I think times. the more essence that they consume too. I, I honestly it seems like they're getting more and more like driven mad. Yeah. In this and it's like definitely like a like a drug, like an addictive quality here. Right. I mean, you see definitely a change in them and the interesting thing is that the Chamberlain really has become more rational than some of the other ones because he's been denied essence so much. And I think he's able to be a little bit more reasoned, but certainly taking advantage of the other Skeksis and, you know, always pulling strings and knowing exactly which buttons to push for, for everyone, really. And I, so I think that the idea that, uh, that Celadon still, when she's, she's in prison, they bring Brea in and she's like, so this all happened because of you. Yeah, she's still in denial yeah. here. And it's just, it was aggravating to see. Um, so you guys, in case you don't know, I'm handling live chat right now. Yes. And I'm seeing art master Austin Prophet saying, I was shocked by how dark the Almadra went. She was willing to sacrifice her fellow Gelfs. Yeah, I mean, and she was just like, some. And, and look, Saladon, I, thought, come on. I thought Bray asked a great question. Who, deci- who, who decides who lives and who dies? You? And she's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
only I'm strong enough to make the tough decisions. You've got a Khaleesi moment here. For real. And she's just like, and and Bray's just like, oh no, what's happened to you, sister? And I think that it's great that they see Tavra, but of course at that point, uh, Tavra is still uh, part of the Ascendants. And uh, even just seeing her in that state, I think... It brings them together a little bit, but it really, it, it, the whole time, it's it's very tenuous, Brea and uh, Celadon's relationship uh, throughout the course of these episodes. But let's talk about the fact that when uh, Tavra is at least, as, as we find out, she can't separate now. She's She was forever going to be a part of of the Ascendants, which I thought was, was interesting. Well, but it's, it's funny, too, because Tavra's role as, like, it, even just between the sisters was sort of a liaison role, and then, you know, she's got the Aratham, you know, yeah. on her face now, and now she's, like, another, like, secondary liaison here yeah. between the Aratham and just connecting everyone. Tavra's, like, the true node here. Yeah, and I think that, obviously, everything sort of hinged upon her and just you know, I, I mean, she was so. Cl- I really thought that she was going that uh, Tavra was going to kill the general, because we knew he was weaker because he had been denied essence by the Chamberlain once again. The very clever Chamberlain figuring out, you know, like let's uh, let me uh, get the the weakest characters in the show as as my uh, as basically my my allies. You know the. Uh, those guys with their mouth shut. I forget what their name is. Sorry, everybody. It's hard to keep track. They're so sad, too. I know. Every time... Yeah, and and then the the saddest thing was when the Chamberlain says, uh, don't tell anybody, and he just points to his mouth. He's like, dude, my mouth is sewn shut. I know. I'm not going to tell anybody anything. I can't even tell, too, if they are, like, actually just sad all the time because of, you know, Skeksis and and them just being so tyrannical. Yeah. But... Um, or or they just have like resting sad face. I can't decide, yeah. but it's like really sad to watch. And I'm just like, free them, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, and so, but what we see ultimately is, you know, in that moment, Tavra is unfortunately mortally wounded by the Chamberlain. And I, I get the sense, and tell me if you agree, Angelica, that Brea and Celadon, at least in that moment, they realize that for... Tavra's sake, they need to see this thing through. They're going to have to work together, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, because the sisters were connected through Tavra, you know, it's like uh, we had Celadon and Brea butting heads constantly, but, you know, Tavra being thrown into peril here, I think, really connected them and sort of uh, bridged those differences that they might have or the different approaches they had and was like a huge wake up call because who doesn't love Tavra? Yeah. Even as like a part Arathim right, exactly. <laughs> speaker here. Um, yeah. Uh, so Art Master says Tavra is a kick-ass gelfling. Very true. She is coming up. She's stepping up, honestly, in these episodes. Yeah. I mean, she she was uh, tougher than, you know, at least as tough as any of the characters. You know, I mean, she she could have uh, squared off against the, the hunter, possibly. You yeah. Know? And I, I think uh, it was great. They did a good job on, on building that character. But it made sense that uh, Tavra was going to have to die for Brea and Celadon to realize how important it is to work together. But which, it's so sad. It is so sad. And uh, all of the uh, Gelfling realize that they're going to have to work together. Uh, but And by the way, uh, this is an oversight on my part. When we're talking about Deet, I, I completely forgot to mention that 
Oh, she's now got the power of the century tree. So oh, she yeah. can she can heal the uh so mm. I see my notes are so long and drawn out that uh, the Nurlock that was uh, that had the darkening inside of him mm-hmm. that she was just like, oh, let me just take it away. And the century tree makes it what is clearly a very important point to Deaton. That's why I wanted to go back to this the century tree points it out that the darkening is just is just energy and you can't destroy it. You can only transfer it. So. If only there were something that was gigantic and a source for a tremendous amount of power that, I don't know, might already have the word dark in its name. I'm just thinking outside of the box. <laughs> Maybe I'm jumping a little bit far ahead. Hmm. I'm like, I think I know where the darkening could end up. Just just thinking. and uh, But clearly that's that's so important because, first of all, you've just made Deet, like, way more badass. Because, like, in addition to how cool she was, it's like, oh, yeah, now I can do all this stuff. Yeah, but now I'm nervous because if you remember, like, uh, what was it, like, the first episode, second episode with Deet? Yeah. We saw those, like, flashbacks, or no, they were flash forwards, forwards. I guess. We saw some future Deet. Yeah, and I don't know if these were maybe, like, all the options here. Like, maybe you can choose paths within this, or if it's a deterministic Well, when she got the, the power from the Century Tree, I think we all also saw some similar flashes forward yeah. of, of herself and other characters. And like corruption. Yeah. And we don't want to corrupt Deet because no. she's so pure. I know. And then, plus, I mean, then Rion's going to have lost like two girlfriends in a week. Come on. Oh, you're going to empathize with that? Well, I just thought it was, <laughs> a, fu- thought it was a funny thing to say. <laughs> but it would, be, it would be true. Hey, you know, how many, how many times could his heart break, all right? Just say, you know. And think about poor Hup. It, Poor it, Hub. I know Hub. All he's got to live for is Deet. You know, so if, if something were to happen to her, I would be really worried about Hub. I'm still sad. Like Hub didn't get his like formal. And he still got a spoon. Yeah. Well, he's got his spoon, but yeah. he finally got recognized for like his bravery. But it couldn't be formal because it was so rushed, and I, I just feel so bad. Poor Hub. Well, maybe it, you know, in Episode Ten, it'll be like the end of the first Star Wars movie when everybody gets the medals, and you know, it's a big deal. And then he got, has like a little paladin. Oh uniform. yeah. And he finally, and instead he has like a spork because he still likes the spoon, <laughs> but it's got some points on it. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like a metaphor. Yes. Like he's gotten, you know, edgier. <laughs> he's gotten edgier, <laughs> but also the importance of unification because you have the forks and the spoons coming together, just like all the Gelflings are coming together. And Agra, of course, as we alluded to, has uh, has eyes to spare. <laughs> <So laughs> yeah, she's just giving them away left and right. Yeah. It's like candy on Halloween. I know. She's it, like, you get an eye. You it, get an eye. I just, it's like Oprah. <laughs> <She's> Everybody, <laughs> you win an eye! And now she's got, like, you know, she's got the little Aratham, yeah, <laughs> like, delivery system going with her eyes. But it just shows that it's a great character-building moment early mm-hmm. in Episode 8 because she's like... Yeah, I'm going to help you because, you know, because Agra helps all of Thra. Yeah, I know you tried to take, you tried to possess me. That's not what she said, but you tried to take control of my mind. But she's like, of course, I'm going to help you. And uh, I love that moment, too, when she grabs it. And she's yeah. like, you try to control Agra. Agra can't even control yeah, Agra. I know. Oh, yeah, that's right. You weren't here when we talked about episode seven. <laughs> that was amazing. That was a great, yeah, that was such a great thing to say. Yeah. I was <laughs> so, like, oh, mood. <laughs> I know. I do. I do love me some Agra. And uh, I thought the. Uh, you know, she doesn't have a lot of screen time in this episode, although her eye gets more screen time than she does. Mm-hmm. But she has clearly a very important role. And she shows up and approaches the Skeksis and, and makes an offer that uh, 
she's so much smarter than they are, and she has such a reputation about her that when she says, like, she makes the deal that I'm going to give you my essence because Gelfling essence isn't strong enough to heal the hunter, but I can. And then it's like, great, we're going to take it from you. It's like, well, you've been with the crystal for so long, but you don't understand it. I have to give my essence. The crystal can't take it away. And they're like, all right, sounds good to me. We're going to have to believe you. You know, I, I was, I'm surprised that there wasn't at least one Skeksis that was like, yeah, let's try anyway. Let's see what happens. Let's not set the Gelfling free. Yeah, it was definitely a moment where I think it was like Agra's like speech, you yeah. know, like in uh, when you play a game and like the speech goes like plus fifty. It was like that. Like her <laughs> right. persuasive skills were so good, yeah, um, that she was able to negotiate that, and it was so sweet because it further solidifies Agra's love for every living thing, you know, on Thra and how she's she can sacrifice but also sort of manipulate her way through things and and saving. You know, any life, no matter what, whether it be, you know, this cute little creature, it, they all mean so much. So being able to sacrifice and, like, at least save a few Gelfling, um, even momentary, because I'm sure she, she you know, fully believed Skeksis would hold true on that promise. Yeah. But um, it, it was, like, a sweet moment, I guess. Yeah, and I meaningful. think that she knows enough of what's going on and she's seen enough possible futures that she knows giving them a chance to get away is at least going to sort of help with their them taking the big stand against the Skeksis, you know? That, sure, they're going to then herd them up and, and try and kill them. By the way, the, uh, the order to then, like, kill them was just like, well, that, see, that's really narrow thinking, Skeksis, because we know how much you love Essence. Why would you kill them instead of, I don't know, just uh, have some... Uh, how do they not have some, like you know, magic like knockout gas or something. She's like, put them all to sleep and then we're going to eat that delicious essence, you know? Yeah, it's very wasteful, Skeksis. I know. Well, you know, here's the thing, though. They're just just so gorged full of essence and they're so convinced that uh, that they're immortal no matter what they do that they're just not thinking clearly. So they make this deal with Agra and I want to know if you felt the same way. It, It didn't work at first. Do you think that it only worked because she wanted it to work at a certain point? I think um, you mean draining her essence, Yeah, right? because it just didn't work at first. And yeah. she just sat there. It's like barely a tickle. Well, I think it's because I, I think there's a few things here. There's a lot of different factors. Agra is super powerful, right? So, so she, you know, it probably takes more maybe like power or more time. I don't know. Maybe like a higher powered yeah. of like drainage i'm not sure exactly how well, this no, the machine scientists works. did up the uh, the, the wattage pa- if the, you will yeah. yeah i was like what terminology should we I, use I here don't, i don't quite know how that machine works they didn't really explain it to us and well and i think it also extends out to agra's like personality here too because her character is so stubborn um that it would make sense that it takes a little bit more for this uh for the essence to be drained out of right. her and that she could resist it. And I think that's a huge moment, too, is like you can see her resistance here and it's, uh, you know, it's metaphorical and it does take more. And um, I think we saw this throughout the show, you know, symbolically, but now we're seeing it in its own like uh, event here. Yeah. And I think that Agra, you know, so many times on this show we've drawn parallels to Star Wars, but the it's, darkening. Well, it Come seems on. like such an obvious <laughs> thing. It's like the idea of you know Ben Kenobi. It's like you, you strike me down now. I'm only going to be more powerful. So she just knows, like, oh, you're just going to destroy my body. That's fine. I'm going to go yeah, be in the crystal, and you know, 
we're not that worried about Mother Agra because as long as Thra is still alive, uh, Mother Agra is still alive. So I think she just knew, like, I'm going to give this of myself. And so they finally do this this transference. And while the the hunter is healing, we see that the archer is also starting to have a little bit of shows of life. And this is, of course, another moment to see Hups. Of course, very exciting for me. Uh, hashtag Team Hup 4, L-Y-F-E. But I think that uh, we see that, you know, obviously she's bringing some life back to them. But it's clearly way too much and it it doesn't work in the way it sort of overloads the, the hunter system. And they decide that he is dead. Uh, do you think that that's an accurate interpretation of what happened there that I he think died. he is mostly dead just dead. kidding okay I, I just want to do Princess Bride <laughs> well, clothes here I'm all the time if I'm gonna throw in Star Wars you get to throw in Princess Sweet. Bride it all works okay yeah but no he, and here's the thing he's mostly dead because we see his finger twitch at one point mm-hmm. and I think that uh, whatever that level of life whatever that ability is I think uh, Augur knew exactly that that would happen they've got him in the finest armor on display which is sort of a weird thing because you're going to tell me that Skeksis' corpses don't rot and start to stink after a certain point. They're like, we're not going to bury him. We're not going to burn him. We're just going to put him on display. We- and I think it's. I think that's like a a big moment though because um, I think that kind of shows how little they deal with death. Well, yeah, because they make the point that there hasn't been a death in A Thousand Trine, Mm -hmm. and they say since the beginning. Now, those of us who saw the puppet show that explained the history, it was when the... Uh, the mystics and the and the Skeksis were one, so we're understanding that at that point, no one has died since that point, since that they were separated, and so the, he's the first Skeksis to die. And they do mention others that aren't there that they're wondering, oh, should we call these ones over? And then, of course, my pal, the Chamberlain's like, no, too many Skeksis. So it's just like, and everybody's always like, God, you're so annoying, Chamberlain. But yeah, we're gonna listen to you anyway. Uh, I don't know. He just. It's just something about him that uh, that they they feel like yeah, he must be smarter than us. But uh, well, he's got a way with words for it's sure. It's true, he does. He, he definitely does. And so, I feel like you've been practicing your voice. I've well, <laughs> been seeing it, like some improvement here. Yeah, because it wasn't impressive. as good. It wasn't as good before. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the Chamberlain might be the only one that I do. You know, oh, okay. because if I try to do the scientist, it's just going to turn into Mark Hamill's Joker because obviously that's also him. So I, I don't know. Just real quick, do you practice right after you watch the episodes in just, the car? Just in my head while I'm watching. In your head? Yeah. Not okay. Not like a shower. You know, like where people sing in I the think, shower. I think my family would be terrified <laughs> if they heard. You know that if, if I. I was like standing under the under the the faucet and just taking in the water and draining the essence from. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> just just Nothing taking to bond a family like shared trauma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's that. like what was going on in there? <laughs> my my son's crying under his bed because oh, he no. just doesn't know. So you know, we'll see. We'll see if maybe uh, if maybe we get to hear some more Skeksis impressions when we do episode ten at three p.m. Pacific. Ooh, I'm excited. After we'll we watch practice. Episode 10. Well, yeah, well, maybe that's true. Maybe maybe we'll see if you, if you have any Skeksis in oh, you. I'll I'll try. All right, we'll I'll see. We'll see what So uh, the the Skeksis, as they talk about it at the end of episode nine, they're getting a lot of bad news. Mm-hmm. They find out that the hunter actually can die when they were convinced that they were immortal. 
which I still don't know what that's based on, you know, because like they've only been able to have this essence for a week, maybe two. We just round up, say maybe it's taken two weeks at this point. So I don't quite know what makes them think that uh, that they weren't going to die. I guess stealing the power from the crystal all this time. I think it's denial, honestly, because it's like they they hadn't experienced death for so long that it felt probably like that's all they knew. And I think it was mixed here with, uh, you know, them having to convince themselves of this, um, like, superiority complex. So they had to say, you know, we're immortal. They had to talk it up. So if you say something enough within a group, there's that group think that happens and then everyone starts to believe it, right? Yeah. No, exactly. And speaking of groupthink, the Skeksis, uh, along with everyone on Thra, get to watch basically... Basically, Rion, you know, gets to, he takes over everybody's devices. You know, it's like it's like how the VMAs are on like twelve channels at once. You know, it's just Rion's everywhere, everywhere you look, and the uh, the reunification of the glaive um, it didn't really take that long. The one half, it's just in a walking stick, and then the other one's like, oh, I know where it is. You just got to go get it out of get it out of the forge in Stone in the Wood. I love that though. They're just like, oh, you mean oh, the glaive? That's all you wanted? Here yeah. you go. What did like, you ask for? Yeah. Open the stick. And by the way, I was relieved that it, that was only half of it. I'm like, wait, so the whole thing's so it's just there in the stick? Yeah. Uh, okay, but. And Rachel and I talked about this in, in previous episodes, and we've, we've all talked about this before, is that a lot of times you think you're getting set up for something that's going to be a big journey, a big battle, and then it's like, oh, no, that actually didn't happen. Or it happened off screen. Mm-hmm. You know, when the, uh, I think it was before episode uh, six, when all the Gelfling were basically uh, slaughtered and drained for essence. You know, I, we didn't even see it on camera, which exactly. I'm relieved, by the way. I didn't need to see that. But I also think, you know, with this pacing, it's part of the charm, yeah. you know, that like the whole like... Um, Jim Henson-esque charm that he's built up with this is like you have these moments of build-up and then there's almost like this anticlimactic oh, that's how it works. So I I definitely think tonally it works and and it's consistent with the pacing. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, So, and uh, Rian basically gives a very heartfelt speech. It is, um, I don't know, like you were saying before from a game, that like speech was very plus 50, maybe even plus more. To me, it's also like sort of the uh, the big defining moment in like Braveheart, you know, when you're just talking to everybody, everybody's like, yeah, let's go do it. And he just talks about the Skeksis deceived us, turned clan against clan. They brought the darkening to the world. Everything's at risk. And this is this is a hero line from Rian. What was once unthinkable is now inevitable. He's got the dual glaive. And he talks about the foretelling that will end their power. And the Skeksis fear what would happen if we were to be united. And you start to hear from some of the Skeksis like, oh, wait, he's got the dual glaive? Oh no! I'm really the 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 the, the famed dual glaive. <laughs> yeah. Come on! He sold us out like that just because we outcast him and gave him a name like the heretic. That is not <laughs> cool. And you can see that uh, you know the the Skeksis are are not quite as confident as they were. So before we talk about the follow up speech by the emperor, uh, talk a little bit about that moment and as we see all the different Gelfling watching it. And the Skeksis reacting, and also how you reacted when you saw Rian have his super duper hero moment. His like five minutes of fame almost, For like real. Crossed, yeah. <laughs> across all of Thra. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a pretty epic moment, honestly. I it, it was good to see 
a final, just one pinnacle point of the Gelfling rising up and being able to declare that and stand up towards, you know, to the Skeksis here. So it felt really good to watch. And then, of course, we see the Skeksis sort of, like, um, that conflict and them, you know, try to fight back. But I think it's, like, it was a good pivotal moment where we all realize that there's no turning back here. And it's, like, a declaration of war. And it's clearly a a, a declaration of war. And I think it's interesting that the way that Episode nine ends is Deet asks, do you think all the Gelfling heard you? And Rian's like, yeah, but will they come? And I'm just like, well, if they don't, we don't really have a good episode 10 waiting for us in mere minutes. So I'm going to guess that they're all going to come. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be at least one tribe that stays back, you know? Maybe they're going to try to wait it out. Yeah. a little bit like oh this is just a, a terrible winter and maybe we yeah. can wait this one out no it's it's like the people who no matter what they tell them uh, they're going they're going to ride out the hurricane mm-hmm. you know they're yeah. just like no we're going to be all right because well each one has different moods here right so we've yeah. got a whole clan that's based around being a warrior and fighting yeah. and they're definitely going to be the ones to step up in here like stone in the wood and then we've got you know a clan that's based around death and things like yeah. you know um, respecting death, so maybe they will be more yeah. likely to run into battle. You know, I'm not I, sure. In, in our, our final moment, I'm going to bring this back around to Star Trek because I think that's a good way for us to talk. I'm surprised that there isn't a clan that's like the Ferengi. There's like the negotiator, like profit is king sort of, and by profit I mean P R O F I T, not like Mother Agra. You know, there isn't sort of that. You know, where it's like oh, we're not going to fight, we're just going to figure out you know how we can take advantage because because that would be a tribe that I'm like. Oh, we're not fighting. No, no. When you guys all kill each other, we're going to sell, you know, mementos to the big battle of Thrall. So, mm-hmm. but we didn't get that, did we? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. But uh, I, I could have used a, a, a Gelfling Ferengi. But the way that uh, the other half of the. Ferengi? <laughs> yeah, why not? That's what I'm just saying. Oh, gosh. So, I feel like Skeksis would be Ferengi. Here. No, because they actually could. Well, see, here's the I thing. I love it's a Ferengi your- podling, too. That would be pretty adorable. That would That's be so cute, point. like a bar owner. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically made Quark into it. Yeah, into, okay, exactly. Uh, but the uh, the emperor knows he does need to rally his troops a little bit. It's like it's all right. We're gonna we're gonna leave at dawn, and they do have their plan for you know to have basically like the the corpses of the spitters reanimated. And I was just like. He, okay, so the scientist is just going to snap that. Like, really, he's just going to do that right away. You have enough time to get an, an army of of like Walking Dead spitters, and I'm like, I I don't think so. I I feel like there's not enough time because look, we know the scientist. The scientist like, is really skilled, though. He's po- been okay, pulling some stuff so out of the sleeve. Good this whole at time. his job, but is he great at his job? Mm. Would you hire him again? You know, would you give him a thirty percent raise going into the next quarter? Well, I he's wouldn't. being strong armed a little bit yeah, after we true. saw the emperor kind of dealing with his animal friends too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a few episodes so, back. So the emperor says uh, that they're going to crush the rebellion, destroy the dual glaive, and feast upon their essence. Well. That sounds like all in a day's work for the Skeksis. But, you know, the the Skeksis have uh, definitely got sort of ruling class mentality because, yeah, they can fight a little bit, especially like the general. But most of them, they're, they're not very well skilled in hand-to-hand anything. You know, the general uh, almost gets killed by Tavra. And then the other one just starts shrieking. Uh, at I don't know who that one is because there's I don't 
I, I we're nine episodes in, and I'm like, why don't they have name tags? The Gelfling were easier to figure out who the different ones were, mm-hmm. but the the Skeksis, it's good when they refer to them by their title, like Chamberlain and Emperor and, and things like that, and they they have names which we hear sometimes. So that one, I don't know, is that the Collector? Is that because that's like I mean, that could be the one that sounds the most like Aquafina. You know, yeah. and I haven't been able to place where she's been. So if you're watching in the chat, whether you're watching live or the archive, let us know who that other uh, that other Skeksis was in the tunnels with Tavra, who basically got spit on and was like, "All right, I'm out." You Who's know? keeping tabs over here? Yeah, because I'm sorry, it's not me. Uh, <laughs> but in any case. Uh, that's where we're going to leave it here because uh, Angelica and I, we have to go rush off and watch episode 10. We do. And if you haven't watched it yet, watch it over the course of the next hour and then join us a little bit after 3 Pacific. That is indeed 6 Eastern. And we will uh, see you over there for episode 10. But until then, Angelica, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me on most social media, A-Trey, A-Y-Y-T-R-A-E, and Instagram at Angelica Trey. And as I wrote over the weekend, I'm living that hup life at Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks, everyone. We will see you uh, in one hour to do the series or season finale of Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.